like we can use it live. Okay. I can use it. Am I tr- am I trying not to curse for this? I can't oh. promise anything, but am I trying? <laughs> no. I swear <laughs> like a sailor. Yeah. And right, I good. I have said controversial shit that Steven just leaves in. It's great. It's fair. Welcome, everyone, to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am your host, Stephen Labine, with, as always, my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how you doing? I'm ecstatic, Stephen. And special guest on our podcast, we have Dan Ween from the Unranked Podcast. Dan, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm doing good. <laughs> Yay! Dan, uh, tell us about yourself for anyone who, who doesn't know you. Uh, let's see. I am on the Unranked Podcast. I also uh, work in television, and I have watched every single season and episode of Survivor up to this point in time. So I should be a knowledgeable source for whatever's <laughs> gonna about to happen here. Yeah, so Dan is joining me on the side of has seen a lot of Survivor, uh, and we have Jared on the side of has not seen very much Survivor. Yeah. I, I feel like that's we're only going to get people on your side as guests. We're not going to get people who are like, I've never seen a day of Survivor. Let's jump into season four. <laughs> Let's bring in a stranger. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean on, in all fairness, until May of 2020, I hadn't seen much more of Survivor than like, uh, I think I'd seen season 37 on or something like that. And then... During the pandemic, I had two months of just nothing to do but watch Survivor. So I started from episode one and just let it run. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what could have possibly happened to let you uh, have lots of time to watch every single Survivor? <laughs> we the all really had so down. much going on oh, in yeah. May of 2020. <laughs> um, now, the best thing for podcasts is visual bits. Um, sure. Steven, I did get you something. Oh, God, um, no. And I just wanted you to know. So, oh, my God. On the wall. Okay, hold on. I need to show this to, to Dan here on the video. <laughs> it's it's a framed picture of BB <laughs> from season one. BB, who was oh on Oh, my what? God. I forgot about Two, episodes. Two episodes. Oh, my Lord. The it's... patron saint of the Survivor Turning Back it's Time beautiful. podcast. And I just I got gotta floating say, shelves. After... After watching 43 seasons of Survivor, or midway through 43, I had forgotten about BB. Uh, and I just got floating <laughs> shelves, too, so this is going straight up on there when I put that he's, up. That's... He's definitely in the, the No Way He's Still Alive club, right? Oh, like... no, he passed away. Yeah he, okay, he, yeah, he died, but man, was his time on Survivor my favorite he, in a He survived time. much better on Survivor than he did in real life. Fair. Absolutely fair. That is technically <laughs> Although true. he was pretty old. I mean, he actually lived pretty long. I, he wasn't that great in this show, right? So, I mean, maybe no, it was he better. Was terrible. Yeah, he, so he self-sabotaged and he, tried to get he himself He might come off. back. Is he on another season? No, he's not. Like he's in two, I feel like he ended up coming back on a season. Yeah, Rudy, I be wrong. Rudy comes back. Uh, uh, there's a bunch not. of people they bring back for other seasons. They This show recycles people like no other. Uh-huh. And shares with like Big Brother, and like they're all like intertwined, and it's fun, I guess, for some people. CBS shows are incestuous. They they just say, "Oh, you were on that show. Oh, let me put you on this show now." Are we saying that CBS had the first multiverse? Ooh, uh, I don't know if it counts for reality TV because they were they're all in our own universe to start. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a good point. A likely story. <laughs> Okay, so before we get digging into the episode and our episode one deep dive into all these pictures of these goofy faces, uh, Dan, you already talked a little bit about your history with Survivor. Uh, you've, you've watched 
every single episode. Uh, we were just watching the episode two of season 43, which just came out tonight. We've yeah. finished watching that. We are recording immediately after. Uh, what do you notice? Because you watched the first episode of season two this morning. What do you notice the biggest differences <laughs> between the two? I, I From the couple of notes I took down that would, would refer to this, um, Jeff Probst looked like a human back in season two. And now he <laughs> looks like a robot wearing a human skin. <laughs> we love Botox. He, he has had so much work done on his face. Oh god, it yeah. is creepy. Like it, it's actually jarring to look back and go. He looked like a normal guy, mm-hmm. Just and that's not a good. That's not good. If you've had a plastic surgeon work on you, you should fire that plastic surgeon. Uh, <laughs> that is not what you're looking for. I just get old naturally. It's so much better. That's that's my stance on it. Yeah. Is and I've I work in theater yeah. and entertainment, and I know that that people very much disagree with me, but. You look best when you tr- don't fight the aging process. Yeah. If you just say, yeah. "Hey, uh, what's gonna happen is gonna happen." Do you think if the trend of like dad bods and like dads being sexy, quote unquote, had happened sooner, he would have just let himself age into that? No, because I don't think he he didn't get fat really. He just kind of got like, I, I think he was like silicone. I he wanted like a facelift, and then he wanted like six more or something. <laughs> I, there's also a running theory I have with my friends that he's a he's been replaced by a robot at some point, and he's Ooh. literally just wearing a a fake skin over that, and at over time it just starts sagging a little bit. The so it's kind of like going in method. the in the creases of the robot mechanics. <laughs> or maybe he wanted a different life, and so we're talking about a face off situation. Uh, it could be a face off situation. It would that. make more sense than whatever he did to his face. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, also, who's your way too early forty three winner? Uh, feel God. free to take uh, the, the winners edit picks. Um, yeah, for forty three, uh, we've been calling him. Uh, well, there's two, so we've been calling him either. Uh, it's going to be Ellie with one L because my my friend is married to an Ellie with two L's, okay. so he calls her Ellie with one L, and then or Woo which is uh, the guy who kind of looks like Woo, who Jared you oh, don't even yeah. know yet. Uh, the the long haired Asian man. Um, I don't I know do his real like name, him. which is terrible. Owen, maybe? I think it's Owen. Uh, it is Owen. But uh, he said he was a lot like Wu, and so he got the nickname right away from us, Wu.0. I also like Nerd Wu. Nerd Wu. Nerd Wu. Nerd Wu. I'm, I'm big into Jesse. I think Jesse is the level-headed and intelligent enough to make it go far. Is he the former gang member? Yes. Okay. I, I like I him. just realized this episode he had the giant uh, scar on top of his head. Yeah. That was painful. Oh. It's uh, there's a lot of interesting people in this season of Survivor of 43. Yeah. Uh, I sitting watching the second episode, they're really trying to pull the heartstrings early and they did it a little too much for my mm. taste. They've been doing that since the pandemic episodes where they, yeah. they had to do features for everyone. And it's kind of something that happens in television where I feel like it's an older generation that loves these little featurettes and it's i could not care less i just want to see the action (laughs) i don't mind like if it comes up naturally but if you're trying to force it in there and you mean like the story well i don't want to spoil too much because jared didn't see it right um yeah i'm waiting my dad basically one of the guys they had a feature on him because he he had a friend that lost a leg so he basically has gone through it himself (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was uh it was wild and we had the full flashback with wow. somber music and everything. It Yeah. It it was too Honestly, much. we could have had a a nice 80 minute episode if it weren't for that thing. So <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> we, we dabble into 90 minutes and not two hours, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the 90. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started with our episode. All right. So this first season of episode two came out in, or on rather, January 28th of 2001. Uh, a so simpler time. A, a simpler time. Truth. Um, I pulled a few <laughs> things that happened during that month, um, rather than just like from this specific day. <laughs> so, uh, earlier in the month, uh, Gladiator wins a Golden Globe. So you could see Gladiator in the theaters when Survivor Season 2 came out. Oh, damn. Um, or just around then. Uh, the 2000, the 2000 Ravens win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, with, that weekend? Uh, it's like a weekend before. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know. probably early February. Uh, they were playing in January. I think it was a four. I think that was when they had a fourteen oh. game season. No, that'd be sixteen. No, games. that was still uh, seventeen weeks. I don't know why that was in January. <laughs> All right, it could have just been a weird year. <laughs> um, because it was bef- No, I think it was on the twenty eighth. Actually, I think it was this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, because this episode comes out after the Super Bowl. Right, right. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Pre- they do the premiere right after the Super Bowl. Um, and Ray Lewis is the Super Bowl MVP, so if you remember the, if you're a football fan, the uh, fearsome Ravens 2000 defense, Bush was inaugurated, um, and uh, <laughs> El Chapo was re, I almost said reincarnated, recaptured, rather, reincarnated. Um, and the top song uh, charting in the uh, United States was, it wasn't me. Oh. Uh, banging on the I, uh... <laughs> in UK I remember, it was a Limp Biscuit song yeah that time was I, was I remember being nervous probably around that time because I had to start studying for my bar, my bar mitzvah which uh, was scheduled for September 15th 2001 uh, and went on as planned so ah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay very perfect timing uh, oops Wow, yeah, I didn't I guess I guess it's probably hard to reschedule a bar mitzvah. It it probably is. Uh, at the same time it took all the pressure off me. So, <laughs> there were bigger was, things at, in the at world. Best, it was gonna be the second best the second worst disaster that week. So <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> but this is January of two thousand one. Yeah, we got some time. The World Trade Center is still standing. <laughs> Although if it, if they're at the spring fall premiere dates, then that fall one might be a little uh, a little close. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> I think they probably moved back the premiere for the fall season. It probably I, did. If I had to take a guess. Yep. Uh, anything else? Nope. Those are the big things that happened in January of two thousand. Cool. Then let's get into our favorite game. Two thousand one. Sorry, two thousand one. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Let's get into our favorite game. Who the hell are these people? Uh, we have pulled up a lovely photo of every single person on Survivor Australian Outback. I have to say Australian Outback because when I Google search Survivor Australia, yeah. Australia now has their own Survivor. Yes, they do. So they're about six seasons in, and apparently this newest one is Blood versus Water, which I kind of want to watch because I like Blood versus Water. I, yeah. I think Australia might be 
the best country to run its own survivor. It it, it definitely makes more sense because like yeah. they have a in within their own country, it's a place where that you're not supposed to live, and it's a large <laughs> area, so you can just <laughs> kind of go for it. You know, uh, you know, an MMO how there's like leveled regions like uh, you don't go to that region until you're like level 20 because you'll just die right away australia is the final <laughs> zone yeah don't go there just don't everything will kill you uh i say this knowing i have so many australian friends and i've been to australia so i survived i mean literally though like the outback from what i understand is there are parts of it that like no people have ever really lived like the aborigines even were like no nah, we yeah, that's like, kind of inhabitable why yeah. would anyone go there and try to live there that seems stupid it's it's a non-insignificant <laughs> part of the country it's yeah. pretty big <laughs> like there's no water for like a lot of miles or i guess kilometers there fair uh, fair <laughs> Okay, we are starting off with the Kucha tribe. Uh, Kucha, I'm going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, if you're looking at this photo, which only the three of us are, uh, Roger Bingham, 53, from Kentucky, an industrial arts teacher. He's at the top right of our screen. Uh, yep. He's he's the one who was trying to build build shelter but was overruled quite a bit. Yeah. Are, are we going to read them all off and then talk about them, or are we going to talk about Roger right now? Uh, I... We'll go for initial reactions, uh, like you did in the first season. If you see anything, uh, if you want to call out his looks, if you anything that no, stuck I, out, Roger, Roger is the D. <laughs> Roger <laughs> is the kindest man on this show, and also a human welcome mat. Fair. Uh, I don't remember, but he seemed nice in the first episode that I rewatched just <laughs> just earlier today. Makes sense um, to me. I forget what he does later on. If he gets later on, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember who won the season, if that helps. Oh, so, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so then I'm the only one who knows who wins. <laughs> this will be great. Uh, Nick Brown, 23, from Washington, a Harvard Law student. He's down yep. in our lower left corner. We got sane, a sane version of... Um, oh my god, I've already forgotten his name. He's lost to us forever. The guy <laughs> in the woods... The cr oh, I, Greg? Greg! I kept wanting to call him Jeff, and I knew that wasn't his name. Um, yeah, we got a sane, person-of-color version of Jeff. Yeah. Uh, got, ah, no. Greg. Oh, just you wait. When we start mixing our Jeffs, that's going to be that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh -oh. That's why I keep thinking his name's... That's why you got to call him Probst. Probst. Let's go Probst. <laughs> I, I think the other guy gets a nickname, and I will start calling him by that nickname uh, earlier than the show does. Uh... Moving on to Alicia Calloway. Oh, my lights just flickered. That's fun. Uh, Alicia Calloway. I remember, I remember her being intense. She looked intense yeah. every second in this episode. 32 from New York, a personal trainer. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. They, they have... Because this is early Survivor, they bring on one person of color that is a man and one person of color that is a woman. They Alicia, literally did. They checked the boxes. They literally did the... To they, they're like, ah, yes, we've got our Tolkien, Tolkien black person on the show. Good. Um, but yeah, Alicia seems really intense, um, and I'm excited for her. <laughs> Speaking of intense, we have Deb Eaton, 45 from New Hampshire, a corrections officer. Deb. Deb with two Bs. B -b -b Why does Deb I'm... always look like she's just eaten something that's sour? <laughs> uh, I think... I think that's just her face. Um, 
I don't know. She was she she was a corrections officer. Is that what she, what her job was, or just a police officer? I forget. Uh, corrections, because they okay. make note that uh, Deb works in a male corrections facility. A lot of well, we'll talk about it in the episode, but like a lot of Deb's struggles come from like trying to be bigger and this Tougher, image. Yeah, yeah, this Im- image of who she has to be. Yeah, I will say. Uh, she, I, I feel like, was might have been the inspiration for like, uh, Edie Felco's character on like Oz, which came out like either around the same time or like a year later. Because like she's like the woman in the male correctional facility and has the same haircut and oh. same demeanor. And I don't know if it's just that's a stereotype of women that work in male correctional facilities, or if she literally just used her as a, as a building block for that character. I. Took her as a discount Sue from yeah. season one. That's fair. I think Deb gets brought back too in another season. I don't. I think so. I do not believe so. I well, I I know no. so because I had to do research. Uh, okay, yeah. so she doesn't. Okay. No, Deb's wrong. Then. Deb goes away. Uh, Elizabeth Flarsky, twenty-three, from Massachusetts, a footwear designer. <laughs> Where did Elizabeth go? She's uh, she's the. On we the literally top can't there. even pick her out of a lineup. No, that's I Kimmy. know which one she is. That's she's Kimmy. the one okay. between Alicia and. Oh, Jerry. she's the one that was wearing at, at the at tribal, wearing the crazy head thing. She had like this crazy like hair yeah. dress thing. I think she's um, like I'm a fashion person. I have to be all fashiony. <laughs> I'm interested to see how she does. Uh, because she seems like the least suitable person to survive in the Australian outback. That is fair. I feel uh, like no one's really suited to survive in the Australian outback. That's and true. if Except I'm not wrong, it becomes a part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of people who are not suited, Kimmy Kappenberg, 27, no. New York, a bartender. Not just New York, Long Island. I know that accent well. Ooh. That is specific. It is Long Island. Kimmy was my favorite person on this episode. (laughs) I will say I wrote down immediately. She's been on. She has been in multiple seasons for sure. But I wrote down immediately. Kimmy. I remember her being annoying from Long Island. (laughs) My notes on her. (laughs) She uh, she does start off as fun. And I think the joke never stops with the problem. There, we do get a little glimpse of that. I was wondering if she was going to grade on me as the season goes because, like, they she has the moment in the episode, and we'll get there, like, where they're all going to bed and she's being really loud. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. would feed her to a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. There, there's options. They're right there. They showed a lot of them. Right there. Uh, Michael Scoopin, 38, from Michigan, a oh, software publisher. That had to be quite a novel job in 2001. I'm. <laughs> Well, he I mean, there's owned... been software since the 70s. It's well, not like... But, it, it, I mean, it probably didn't entail what it entails today either. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk seems, more about... He seems, like, he seems like a guy. I mean, on the first episode, you don't really get much of an impression, honestly, from him. Oh, I got an impression from Michael. <laughs> you did? You got something? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. He takes up a lot of space this episode. That's fair. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> we, I feel like I have to bring this up right away for Uh-oh. anyone Uh-oh. who uh, is like may have trigger issues with this. Uh, Scoopin is arrested later for for um, possession of child porn. Oh yeah, yeah. That 
It doesn't happen on the show. It does not I, happen on the show. I don't know how was, we would get that there. That was but, his luxury it's item. Just one person, it's one personal item he brought with. Oh, God. That's, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, looking at him, like, I, I get it. Um, <laughs> but yikes, man. Yeah. So I, I feel like I just have to say that. Just yeah, upfront. get out of the way. There's yeah. part of me that wishes you wouldn't have told me so yeah, that I, I wouldn't be looking at him through the lens of someone who traffics child pornography the whole season don't worry it's gonna get even weirder with how you view scooping so just uh i'm gonna leave it there uh okay we have uh jeff varner 34 from new york internet project manager he's gonna show a number of times for sure also a title that uh probably doesn't exist the way it did in 2001 no that job title has changed um i called him diet rich rich he um he's i think the latest season he was on might have been like the one where they had like the millennials versus gen x versus whatever they had zillennials i think whatever that season was i think he was on there it was like part of gen x obviously uh i don't he's young in this episode which i noticed i was like oh wow he's young because i've seen him older Yeah, since since we've popped the bubble and we know, I'm gonna call him Varner from from here forward. Everyone calls him Varner, refers to him as Varner. Makes sense. It makes the Jeff the, it saying both the Jeff Jeffs confusion. would be a problem. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly. I did, honestly, he showed up and I have Varner exclamation point. That's my note <laughs> on him. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, preface this before we go into the other tribe. That's that's all from Kucha. Uh, moving on to Okakor. Ogakor. Ogakor. O G A K O R. The name of the tribes is always like, why? Why are you bothering with this nonsense? Just make them like blue and red, and I'll be happy. I don't <laughs> care. I, I, I. While we talk about these, I should look this up. I was going to, and I forgot. Usually, they're in the native language. I was gonna say, yeah, this this is probably. I don't know what the but language it, of the okay. Aborigines. I guess I have a problem is. more with it now because now they're in like in the current state of the show. They've been in Fiji every season for the while. Correct. So just give up on it at that point. Just just stop. You must be going through the Fijian dictionary at this point. Just finding <laughs> random words. Oh, come on. I love Baka. Just so I can make the internet memes. Like a Baka. <laughs> Sussy Baka. Uh, <laughs> Ogakor. Ogakor. We start with Amber. Br- I don't know how to say this. Burkched. Uh, Amber, uh, the Polish uh, one. Uh, uh, tw- wait, I, I definitely don't understand. Yeah, hold on. B R K I C H. Isn't it like Burkich or something like that? Yeah, it's probably. I think it's, I think it's Burkich. Yeah, Burkich. No, that's Jerry. Amber is here. Oh, I have never seen that person in my life. Cool. She, I guarantee she was there because I She, she uh, is another one of these people who shows up later on, and uh, so I, I was like, first Amber season. Moving on to Colby Donaldson. Uh, oh, I never said what Amber was from. Uh, Pennsylvania administrative assistant. Didn't oh, wait. What was the town in Pennsylvania? Because they said it wasn't like Beaver something or other. Yeah, yeah. Beaver Town or Beaverton or something like that. Yeah, something with beavers. Yeah, and I was like, that's a weird name for a town. And they said Pennsylvania. I was like, yeah, it kind of fits. <laughs> uh, Colby Donaldson, twenty-six from Texas, an auto designer and builder. Uh, Colby. He just looks there. like he's gonna. He's good at Survivor. Like oh, no matter what. Like I he just missed, Looks like it. I I get confused when he's not wearing a hat. I. Really? I mean, I don't know what he looks like, but. <laughs> I wrote down that he's the new Joel. Oh okay. I see. He just he just looks like Joel. He I, didn't do anything that made me go, "Oh, that guy's a douchebag." But oh, he looks like. I Joel. loved his quote. His quote 
was great. I wrote the entire thing down. Uh, when they're putting the his uh, his Texan flag up as like the the cover for their their shelter, he goes, "Well, I like it because when I wake up in the morning, there's two things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful I'm alive, and I'm thankful I'm a Texan." <laughs> That's a. I feel like his personality is just he is Texas, and that it's, is it. We have it's Sandy beautiful. Cheeks, the Survivor contestant. It's beautiful. Uh, it, it honestly is. <laughs> what a, what a dude. He is Texas. That's he it. He is Texas. Uh, Keith Famey, 40, from Michigan. We have a lot of Michigan here represented. Uh, and still no Minnesota. A restaurant owner and chef. I'm sure, I, I don't know where anyone's from, really, in general. So I'm sure there's some Minnesota at some point. There's been so many people on the show. There has to but be. I, Surely they've hit every state at Maybe they don't want to make once. anyone from Minnesota try to survive the outback. That's fair. It's uh, too, too drastic. So no lakes. <laughs> Keith looks like... Tony Soprano mixed with the general manager of your local Pizza Hut. I can see that. That's fair. I, I also would have gone with a discount Emerald. Just throwing, <laughs> throw, throw in some bams. But he can't use it because that's probably copyrighted. So it's bang. I feel like, uh, I feel like bang. Doesn't, doesn't translate too well to, uh, <laughs> to even 10 years later. Um, <laughs> he's already getting in trouble. Like, he got in a fight with Jerry right away. <laughs> Truth. Uh, bossing women around but, <laughs> that's his personality yeah, yeah oh, we'll get there it's not like there isn't any of that in Survivor ever yeah uh, I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to Kel Gleason 32 from Texas a captain in the US Army ah yes that's right he's 32 he's 32 he looks he like was, he's 17 okay, well, he, was, he was 32 um, fair. <laughs> he will continue but, to get older. That and, is yeah, how time like, works. <laughs> he, uh, he didn't. Honestly, I, I was watching. I didn't even notice him in that episode. Yeah. So this is what I'm discovering again as we do this tribal rundown. Is that since Kucha is the one who ends up going to tribal, we meet all of them in much That's more detail. That's true. because they're setting the it up for core. like here's the people that could possibly be going home, and they're not really paying attention to the others yet. Yeah. Yeah. As it gets closer to the merge, it usually solves that problem because then they're all together and you're like, okay, I know these people. Yeah. If there's a merge in that I honestly don't remember if there's a merge in that season at all, but there has to be, right? It, I, yeah, there has to be. At some okay. point, I assume. I mean, honestly, they have to end up with a final survival. So yeah, it has to be merged. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. I, the whole time I was just thinking, uh, this is right at the same time as Keenan and Kel. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> He is Kel. While it is, I think it's two very different audiences. Correct. <laughs> but the I fit... audience is not a huge fan of our orange soda. I fit that weird Venn diagram of Keenan and Kel fans and Survivor fans. So here I we are. I wasn't at the same time, so I don't know if I can claim that. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't watch Survivor while I watched Keenan and Kel. That's fair. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we just had that huh, moment. Uh, Marilyn Hershey. 51 from Virginia, a retired police officer. Ah, yes. Um, she's, her energy's interesting. Uh, That's we fair. Don't, That's a good we don't get a lot of her, but I'm... She, it, she seems like she's taking in everyone, and I don't know. I'm, I have my eye on her. She seems, she seems interesting. She, she looks like the kind of person you would discount immediately, but she's, she seems also like she knows what she's looking for slash is at least trying to 
pick up on things, which is good. Also, her headshot on this looks like she's on oh, a God. grandma dating. It looks site. like she like came straight off the cast of Golden Girls. Yes, like, yes, to, to get cast on Golden Girls. Ooh, <laughs> she's not on that, Golden Girls. For she's B. Arthur. She's yeah, uh, she's not sure. B. Arthur. Oh come on. <laughs> uh, moving on to I don't know who that's Jerry. Not fair to. Jerry Manathy, thirty from California, an aspiring actor. Jerry with an I. Jerry with Just an I. I feel like it's important to note that. Jerry's I don't know okay. why. Yeah, so this is Jerry is a season one contestant that's on season two. Like I feel like everyone that was in season one was an aspiring actor, regardless of what their other careers were, as we <laughs> learned from the where are they now? Um, and this this time they're like, oh, let's just get one of those. Let's just get one person that's here for the for the spotlight, and everyone yeah, else is like, here actually here to play a game. Literally, it's like it's like okay, well, these people are going to be on TV, and this person's been trying to get on TV for years and couldn't really do it. So let's put them on. <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have nothing more to say on that. Like yep. it could have been Rudy. Rudy applied. He said he said in the uh, recap episode that uh, he applied for season two. But they, how funny they would won. that have been? It would have been great. I would have loved that. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Olson, twenty three from South Dakota, a singer songwriter. No, no, no. That's Mitchell. Sorry. I wow. Pointed. The fact that we couldn't tell which one was Mitchell <laughs> says a lot about his exposure in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I the only reason I noticed him, the only reason in this episode I noticed him, is because I went. Uh, I, I was like, I was thinking, who is that at the same time as they put his name on the screen? And that's the only reason I remember it. But yeah, he he shows up <laughs> for a very quick second, and they name him very quickly, and that's it. They move on. He looks like if you approached him too quickly, he would just give you his lunch money. Like, you wouldn't even need to threaten him for it. He would just hand it to you automatically don't, by default. Don't bother me. Like, here you go. It's fine. I do uh, enjoy the, the puka shell necklace that was just very popular at the time. Oh, yeah. Right around there. Uh, There's... On this list of pictures, I think there's three puka shell necklaces or two. Oh my god, is there two, maybe one, three. two? I can't. A tell. little hard to tell with the angle, with but some yeah. Of them. So yeah. at least we're we're at minimum twelve percent puka shell necklace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and then finally, Tina Wesson, forty from Tennessee, a personal nurse. Also, it listed in the show. It said stay-at-home mom, and then also I do some nursing. Which I felt was that's weird, weird, but yeah, <laughs> that's a is weird it, way to put it. Is it like I, I'm? It has to be something like a uh, like a substitute teacher or whatever. Like they call you like a travel nurse. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, I pictured it like a, a I nurse in my free time. Yeah, <laughs> I pictured it like a, where they go into people who are sick at home and are hospice, hospice care okay. nurse. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah. but it could absolutely not be anything like that. It or maybe matter. she just like was a nurse and is currently a stay-at-home mom until she becomes a nurse again once the kid is old enough. I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. She felt compelled, like to be a stay, you know, compelled enough to raise her kids that she was going to be a stay-at-home mom, and then goes on the show where she can leave her kids for up to thirty-nine days. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> no, no judgment. Um, in all fairness, kind of funny. In a quest to win one million dollars. That's yeah. true. I'm sorry, kids. I'm leaving you. But I hope I come back with a million dollars. It's only for over a month. That's a very yeah. short period of time for Fine. kids. I, it's, it's 42 days this time. She yeah. Oh, it's 42 days? 42 yeah, days. Get, he, goes, he goes, 16 contestants, 42 days. It's too Whoa. long. That's way too okay. long. Um, uh, also, last thing on Tina, uh, wherever you are, 
if you are a waiter, she's already wants to speak to your manager right now. <laughs> she's like an OG Karen. Oh yeah, no, Tina is the original Karen. It, the hair is not doing you any favors on that one. No. Nope. Okay, so we've we've broken down the whole cast. Uh, we've spent probably more time than we needed to on this, but I still love it. Uh, let's it's the first get in. Of the season. You got to do it. It's true. Let's break into the episode. Immediately they jump in with a Australian rescue plane, a military airplane that they are just like hauling them across the country in. Uh, there's no real like it's as if they were just strapped in, about to be parachuted yeah. into the outback. And for goes, for like, a minute, I thought they abandoned. were. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought they were about to be like, "All right, you're jumping." They could have. They might as well have. Because <laughs> they made. Because after that, they made Mike like 25 miles. It was five miles, but it's. It yeah. felt like. Well, no. Well, they didn't make them. I guess they one tribe ended up hiking in circles, so that's kind of their fault. <laughs> it's true, but then they had to carry all the stuff. I want to get to that. But yeah, first, to that. everyone looks traumatized on this plane. Uh huh. Yeah. Because they're told they cannot speak to anyone. Exactly. Uh, They can't talk. Like, three of them are vomiting profusely. And one of them says later in the episode that they're so tired because it was like a plane from wherever they were from Uh, to somewhere else. She was like, like, it's New York to Los Angeles to somewhere near Australia to another place in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, yep, yep. And she's like, I've been on like five planes, including this one. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that they didn't give you any rest between these. All mm-hmm. right. I've done that. She's on like I've, the super red eye. <laughs> I've done Fargo to Denver, Denver to L.A., L.A. to Sydney, and then Sydney to up near the Gold Coast. It's right, so you've, not fun. You've done close to that. Yeah, so that's... It's, that's it's like 27 hours on a plane. Oh, that's so miserable. Yep. And we, need th- we need through Earth travel. Just go straight through. <laughs> Just f- dig a hole, figure it out. Uh, and then also my favorite part of the plane part uh, was Jeff hanging out the back. And they they plan it very smart because he's he's saying his typical spiel, 42 days, 16 castaways, one survivor. And then they like pull away. I'm like, Jeff, are you going to fall off that plane? <laughs> Jeff's like, and I'm out of here. Put uh, <laughs> up the first robot. So I was thinking about this logistics-wise, and because I was thinking about the, the drop, the fact they have a crate there for each of them, and why they had to hike five miles. Mm-hmm. So they set both camps on a river, and I'm assuming yeah. they put their base camp right in the middle, like the, the producer base camp. The What we assume is a nice five-star hotel. Just uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a nice five-star hotel sitting out there in the outback. Well, as, we, as we learned from episode one, uh, a place that they can just, or sorry, from season one, a place that they can just build up into a bar whenever they need Apparently. it. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a, a, a three-star hotel. That yeah. must be the only, the like the only place they could like land a plane and get supplies and like have medevacs or whatever um, that I can Maybe. think of to make them hike five miles. But I actually really liked this. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. The stakes... it used to be a bigger part of the show. Like for a while, it was like here's all your stuff, get to camp, and it was like a big part of every first episode for a bit. And then at some point, they changed it. I don't know why. I don't care as much about the stuff. Um, like, grab all the stuff you can and, ca- and take it with you. Like, mm-hmm. all right. Um, but the stakes are immediately higher this season than season one. 
Season, oh, yeah. season one, it's like, all right, you're like, he's yelling, like, get your stuff together, pat all that. But then they get there and kind of like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> we did it. Um, and I this season, know. like, it's, I think part of it's casting. I think they did a better job casting this season uh-huh. um, for people that are going to take initiative and people that are competitive. Probably. The first time they were like, who can possibly sign up for this? We'll take whoever. Just give yeah. it to people. Who who won't die was I probably yeah. was probably their cast and who like wants attention from what we saw on the uh, oh, audition those, tapes. Those casting tapes are out of this world for season one. Just um, insane. But I think part of it's also like this looks so much more dire than Borneo. <laughs> the out this looks so much more unlivable. They have they don't even have oh drinkable water. Yeah, they have to yep. boil it. Yes. they give them bottled water. Uh, you would assume they would do that or some version of that. No, uh, Jeff, they, Jeff, oh, Jeff says in the beginning, in he's, he's like, you'll okay. have to carry all of your water. Um, oh, that's one of the gasoline canisters, right? Yeah. Full of water? Yeah. yeah. Which they is have, a like, really weird way to carry water in gasoline canisters, but yeah. I guess whatever works. It, wild. <laughs> but like, it, it really hits the tone that they the supplies are much more limited in this season than season yeah. one. They really went it, for the survive part. Yeah, uh, and I mean they had to carry everything those five miles, which looked like it sucked. That was heavy, heavy stuff. There was one one guy. It might have been Varner. I'm not sure. They were dragging along their bottled water on the ground over the rocks, and I'm like, you only get so much water, man. Like you should probably not drag that little canister over every rock possible till it leaks. <laughs> and it was it was like dragging the canister by a rope. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah exactly. I kept expecting it to open. And just like, there you go. You lost half your water right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the smallest. Uh, but right away, Deb comes in hot, giving out orders uh, <sighs> and, and and making everyone dislike Deb. Yep. Yep. Deb's immediately telling everyone what to do. Although, to her credit, though she comes rough around the edges, she was right about several of the things she was saying. No, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, it's... Yeah, but terrible at, at relaying those into any way people will take them positively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's knowing your stuff, but also the, uh, you're, you're missing the personal connection on this. You, you don't quite understand uh, how to relate to people. Yep. Yeah. Substance, 7 out of 10. Presentation, 1 out of 10. And Nick yeah, apparently can't read a compass. too much too fast. <laughs> Nick, oh my god, I wrote down for Nick. I went like, uh, Harvard Nick can't use a compass. And like he must be like the dumbest Harvard student they can find. <laughs> Oopsie doops. I mean, there's different types of intelligence. Um, and he clearly didn't prepare for, yes. like, Deb says she's read, she, like, she's read up. Like, a lot of the people came prepared, which we don't see in season 1. Um, no. No. Texas, Texas no flag guy yeah. brought a flag Colby. for cover. Smart. One girl brought a thing she thought she could use to make fire. Like people brought practical items yeah. and prepared. Jerry brought a drum. <laughs> Jerry brought a drum. <laughs> Jerry brought a drum. That's yeah, honestly beautiful. And I want to talk about that. So I'm, I'm going to keep going here. Uh, they they have to uh, Ogafor. Am I saying this right? Ogakor. Ogakor. Dang it. Yeah. I'm never going to get that right. Ogakor. It's true. Eventually I'll get it drilled into my brain and then they'll <laughs> merge. So it will be out of there anyway. Uh, Ogakor has to cross a river Oregon Trail style. <laughs> they full out, They have to carry all their stuff and some of them are like holding it above their heads. Yeah, that's like, why I got to get the oxen. 
Uh, if you don't get the oxen, it makes it much tougher to make it all the way to Oregon. You pay, you pay the money, have someone ferry you across, you always pay the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they got Otherwise, the you're dying of dysentery like 50% of the time. It's true. <laughs> they got to the river and they were like, we left the oxen in the plane! Ah, shit. <laughs> That's why it was so heavy. <laughs> but eventually, Keith searches ahead and, and finds it. He, they get there and they look like they, they figured it out much quicker than Kucha did. Yeah, wandering in circles will do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Whereas uh, Kucha, Varner's struggling. He's like throwing up, dizzy. Uh, Yeah, they really struggled trying to find that camp. Yeah, I actually, up until the vote, I was like, are we going to get our first medevac in Survivor ever? Because like Varner deteriorates over this entire episode. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Although, not towards the end, he's like, I'm good. Like, I yeah. think he deteriorates until he pukes on camera, and then he's yeah. okay after that. Yeah. Is that yeah. the first puke on camera in TV history? No. Besides, like, sports? In Survivor, for sure, but that can't be the first one in Did, TV history. Well, what other opportunities would there have been? Did no one throw up in the uh, maggot-eating challenge in no, season one? everyone but Jervis loved it. Oh, fair. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that Jervis like just really hated the idea of it, but everyone was like, oh, it's fine. Moving yeah. On. He did it though. He he chugged that thing down just slower oh. than uh Oof. who do you lose to? Nah, this... Uh Stacy. Stacy, yeah, that's right. This I season wrote... so far had the eat buggy figs. <laughs> buggy oh, figs. God. I, oh god. I wrote down actually that Deb is the new BB. And then she immediately she goes home this episode. So, so I mean it tracks. <laughs> it tracks, absolutely tracks. <laughs> Both camps are on a riverbank, and they they get to work right away, but Deb is complaining that Mike is bossing everyone around. I just want to make that clear, that Deb yep. is complaining about Mike bossing everyone around. I will say, never a good idea in a game like Survivor, let alone, definitely not in Survivor, to start throwing the accusations around early over who's yeah. not doing right, something right. Like, you never want to be the one accusing everyone, because then everyone just points the finger back at you. It's true, and it's usually right away really, if you're... All society, don't be tr- the person going around going like, you're doing this wrong, and I hate when you do this. And it's like, <laughs> no one likes to be that around that person. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Shut up. Yeah, coming out as trying to be the leader right away is usually detrimental in Survivor. Not always. Well, You want to the- be like anointed the leader just by everyone liking you. Yeah. The weird thing is that if they, if, I don't know when the season started filming as compared to when season one came out, but I if do. They... I actually know the answer. Oh, okay. How so much did they one see? Came, season one came out in March. Season two was recorded in October. So they were able to see, I don't know if they saw the end of the season, because I'm not sure exactly how they played out all the episodes, but they were able to see Survivor. Like these people had watched part of it. Great. Okay. So yeah. so then they just saw the opposite of what we talked about. They saw Rich take charge and win. Yeah. Fair. You so know, in fairness, as the only person really playing the game. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, I say that 1,700 times in season one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, over on Ogakor, uh, it, it shows... Like you said, Kobe using the Texas flag, which is beautiful. Using your luxury item to help stave off rain uh, and to build a Great shelter. It's use. so smart. 
it's so smart and i feel like that's maybe the reason why they stopped giving luxury items <laughs> is when you can use it to your advantage that way Do you know when they did stop i don't know i, I don't fan. remember okay that's why we have great listeners who tell me things if you know uh, send in an email Josh, I, I know you know things, not to call you out, <laughs> but he is a font of knowledge, but so thank we, you. We see it right away once. First of all, their camps are very sparse. These are just like little hills in the middle yep. of a river. Like, it looks so much worse when it's not a full beach. <laughs> yeah. um, you're like, oh, wow, that is just like desolate. Um, and you're not getting like the wind you're getting with the waves coming off a beach. You're just getting heat. Yeah. This is the outback. There's this... nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am interested to see how much of a toll this season takes on them. The 42 days is a crazy long amount of time, and this is a very inhospitable place. Yeah. Um, but uh, every like not everyone, but the vast majority of people on this show are already strategizing and mm-hmm. already like thinking about how to play and mm-hmm. win. And I did not expect such a leap forward so quickly, and I am so thrilled. Yes, they they here's make the thing it- with that. Don't get too used to it. <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah, like I said before, it uh, strategy kind of comes and goes in these first couple seasons. and oh, Yeah, it, it doesn't help that like a lot of these seasons where you'd think they're learning from the season before. Uh, this wasn't an example. Like Season two had seen, I guess, at least part of season one. But there are seasons in the future where they're recording one as the other one's on the air. Sure, so they just yeah. literally don't get the experience from seeing that season. Fair, but uh, as we learned watching episode two tonight, you would think you would learn uh, episode two of season 43. You would think you would learn and watch the seasons and uh, learn what would happen for you, but uh, (laughs) some people just don't. And I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Um, Jerry and Keith butt heads pretty early. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jerry already thinks about like, ooh, I kind of got to get rid of this person, huh? Yeah, he doesn't like being bossed around by Keith, who then lets her play her drum, which was a really weird thing for him to let her do. Uh, yeah, it's a really weird way to put it. Keith spends like, the whole yeah. episode just mansplaining everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I do like that they set. First of all, the way he was making the fire, he was the one that was using the bow, right? Yep. Yep. They were doing it all wrong. I mean, I don't know how to do it, but I know that you can't. <laughs> Like, once you get the smoke, you can't pick it up out of the divot yeah, I don't know what to try and take it somewhere else. You have to like, get no, Once we get the flame, I can bring it wherever. That's no. not how that works. <laughs> no. You have to build it where, like, you have to get a little fire going in there at least. You can't just be like, oh, I have smoke. Yes, now I can transfer this. That's that's a good transition. Let's talk about the, the fire-making processes of, of these two. Ogakor used the, a cross, uh, what looked like a shoelace tied around two sticks in a cross to make that uh, quick rubbing method and try to like create heat down at the bottom and drill into a, a log or something, whatever they put down there. Uh, Keith was pulling. Jerry is banging the drum to the beat of the pulling. Uh <laughs> And it does not work. Which, uh, if they just kept going in there, it, it might, might have, have worked. It might have worked. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but I, I can only credit them because I don't know what the edit did and did not show. They could have been working on that for hours. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
if if you're not getting the correct type of friction, uh, you could just be doing that forever. Yeah. yeah. And you don't uh, want to watch like two hours of just people trying to set a fire and failing. I <laughs> would love that. No, you would not. No, what would. is it? Your new instead of like at Christmas time, the Yule log, you just have someone trying to start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Christmas time in Minnesota, we, we don't want to sit outside and try to do that for two hours. <laughs> Amen. It's not, not pretty. Uh, whereas on the other side, Kucha was trying a, like, scrape method. They had, like, a hollowed out stick and then another stick, like, trying to scrape down. And they were putting, like, sand and, uh, dry things in there to try to... I don't know what they yeah. thought. It didn't look like a good plan. Sand, a famously flammable material. <laughs> uh, maybe they thought if you put enough sand together, you just automatically get glass, and then you can use the sun to set a fire. Ooh, we, but, we did uh, see someone, I don't remember who it was, using their glasses to try to start a fire. That's a smarter I, move than some of these processes. I think it was Alicia, because I think I remember her uh, messing around with those glasses. Uh, but also with the scrape... Glass to do that. <laughs> True. Uh, but they've done that before. I know that someone has used glasses to, to light a fire on Survivor. Uh, but Roger's also throwing pages from his Bible to help start that fire. <laughs> Not Which, scripture I think pages. The reason he brought it. I think that's literally the reason he brought it was to use it as fire. I think for, like, so, fires. too. Well, he says, he, you're right, no scripture pages, but he's like, but I would. <laughs> Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh no. He was like. He was like. But if it came down to it, I would. Because yeah, like, you know, you gotta do what you gotta it. do. He's like, all right. There's, no, there's other Bibles. Okay, but yeah. like Dirk would have died over it. Yeah, Dirk would never let you do that. <laughs> but there was also some really cute things from his kids in there, like yeah. love letters and uh, notes saying, "You're gonna do great, Dad." That was cute. Oh yeah, we we briefly talked about the uh, the figs. On Kucha, they oh. find a fig tree, and the, uh, your immediate thought is, "Oh, sweet! We got food. We have Fruit. this. Yeah. yeah, we have an easy supply of food." And Mike just digs in immediately and takes a bite, not realizing that they are full. And I, they show it on camera. It is full of flies, of yeah. ants. Of so I looked something. it up. Okay, uh, figs while they are growing. It is normal for bugs to get in them. As they ripen, it kills the bugs. Oh. And obviously, these were not ripe yet. Because uh, these just have full-on communities of bugs living inside. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. Disgusting. <laughs> it's That's horrid. It looked. Yeah, like, in a, in a if you take, like, a fig off, of like, a tree and it's fully grown, you will usually, usually find, like, a dead wasp in there. Because the oh. wasp went in there, got trapped, and the fig just used it for nutrients. Huh. Are figs carnivorous? <laughs> uh, not really, but they have enzymes that will devour what's in there and kind of just use it. Like it, they don't chew on the bugs, but they do dissolve them. Damn! Eventually, figs, nature's greatest killers. In Soviet Australia, plants eat you. Yeah, so they try to eat those, and they continue to try throughout the episode. And I don't know why they do that because nobody looks like they're enjoying it. Because they're no. hungry. They're There's hungry. no other reason. That's fair. Yeah, they're like, I would love to eat this, uh, but gross. <laughs> but just no, let's not. Please. I think that probably don't. attributed to Varner's uh, pukage later on, too. That could that, have Yeah, it probably didn't help. <laughs> just thinking all day, like, I just ate so many bugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, we, we get our first tree mail, and it mentions the rain. So someone is writing these on the fly. <laughs> yeah. like, I kind of expected that they, they had these planned out, and you could, like... Maybe they switched out one that was like, oh, like, oh, it rained. Like, that's kind of... Uh, or we need some rain. Like, we could use that one today. Maybe they don't have an order, but they have them written out in case. Yeah. I, I just know, thought that, I guess. I thought that was an interesting thing that I I never really clocked before. That uh, okay, we're just uh, we're making these up as we go. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they're, they're just still... sitting around in their three star tent, uh, yeah. just going like, yeah, oh, let's write some good ones. Uh, what's going on? <sighs> what rhymes with rain? I bless the rains down in Africa. Um, Wrong season. Australia. Shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Although Dan and I did talk about this, I think it was before you got here. That I in my brain pictured the landscape of survivor australia for this season of survivor outback or er, mm-hmm. yeah. i flipped africa and australia ah because it's two brutal seasons back to back yeah really. they're so, brutal landscapes but yeah. there's a lot more water and uh foliage in australia than i expected from the ah, outback. And a lot less in africa <laughs> yes a lot lot less I yeah think they did the serengeti right like didn't they is that where it was in africa i i'm just trying to remember it sounds right. It's just blatantly out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. It's cool. I don't think it makes for so, the great nature shots that they're used to. It's funny because I, I mentioned briefly on season one where I was like, people like people just live here. Like we're idolizing people for like adapting, admittedly, but like surviving <laughs> like where people just live. And Fiji's the the like they don't lead into the survival survival aspect. No, anymore. Fiji literally has a hotel on another island that exactly. they go to and they take showers and hang out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like it's not that much of a part of the show, but like this is actually like, oh yeah, no, you should be re- you should be commended for surviving this. Yeah, this, this is this... literally like, oh shit, someone's gonna survive this. Like, <laughs> might only <be> one person. <laughs> um, I did notice that Kucha's shelter is really good though. Yeah. They put mm-hmm. together a really nice and spacious shelter. And they didn't even have the uh the flag, so yeah, they're they're kicking ass right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, in into the challenge, the first thing I notice out of this challenge is everyone comes in, and immediately Jeff, uh, with his stunning eloquency, uh, sup guys. He does not know how to host a show yet, and it is no. wonderful to watch. He is not there. You can tell, uh, but he's it, just there watching, and like every once in a while, like, oh, yeah, that's interesting, or someone's going home tonight. It's like Have he fun. forgot all of the lessons that he learned from hosting yep. one. He, he doesn't know how to interact with these people when he doesn't know them personally. We yes. are we even see it at the we see the Jeff Bravado at the in the uh, trailer for this season at the end of the reunion of mm-hmm. season one. We see him do his whole like hosting, being a charismatic guy. And then they get the cast there, and actually the cast are probably already there when they shot that, and he's like Hi guys, we're here to play Survivor. Sup guys, like, dude, I, I I understood it for season one because yeah. as we kind of talked about, like it does seem like things were falling apart behind the scenes a little bit. But you just, dude, this is now like the most popular shit in America. Why are you still acting like an eighth grader that's giving their like a book report? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was interesting for sure. I was like. I, I, I did note that. I was like, I'm not sure Jeff knows how to host yet. Uh, like, during the whole challenge, he says, like, four words the whole time. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he does not. We're still not at the point where Jeff. He's is not narrating it yet. Like now, he just won't shut up. At this point in time, like forty-three, he's like, "Oh, they get through that. They're struggling on the beam. They're doing this. They're doing that." And here he's like, "We got words coming up on the screen with what he should have said." Correct. Yeah, part four of the challenge is this. <laughs> yeah. And get up, this team. You're still in this. <laughs> We Jeff didn't have any of the fun cheering. edits either that you get today where it looks closer than it was. <laughs> it yeah. did not look close at all. <laughs> no. And we'll talk about that, but man, they don't know how to make comeback mechanics yet. Nope. This challenge is almost a callback to, to the season one opening challenge where it is a torch race, but they do it a little better than the first challenge ever of Survivor, well, which... Yeah was a god-awful mess the first challenge was so bad i didn't even realize that it was like i know it's not it might not explicitly be a callback but i didn't even put that together <laughs> yeah because the first challenge from started. season one is so so bad <laughs> we try to forget it uh but they are playing for waterproof matches and yes. the new immunity idol which I will give them credit. It is a step up from the season one immunity idol. Yeah. The, the new immunity idol now 60% less problematic. Yeah. <laughs> they use yeah. Uh, Aborigines techniques where it, it's a lot of lines. It's a lot of different colors. There are some dots, uh, but it is still a caricature. Yeah. I'm not saying that right. Uh, caricature. Caricature. We're close, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Of a person. Yeah. Uh, and I am excited for you to see this the season forty three idols. Okay. They, they're actually very tasteful. Forty two is really cool. Um, I yeah. Once they have the art department working on it, not just Jeff in his basement. It probably <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. At least at least yeah. It's the bars in hell um, <laughs> for this, but at, for these immunity idols for season one and two, at least this one it's a little bit of like problematicness is on the right continent yeah well they <laughs> season one is racist towards black people while being set in malaysia yeah yeah they this one... i think that's why they went to africa they wanted to kind of rectify that and be racist in africa there you go people next oh that season's gonna be rough isn't it <laughs> with that i uh, will get there we'll get there uh probably i i honestly i'm confusing it with australia in my brain sometimes <laughs> so we'll see yeah, those two lumped together for me too. I'm obviously because I watched them back to back within one day. Likely, I, I'm I'm struggling also to figure out like what happens in which season <laughs> with the right people. But yeah, it's it's a fire relay. They and Jeff again has to explicitly say that if your torch goes out, you yes. lose. Except they don't. I, because I, yeah, it goes out and they don't call it at that point. Yeah. It just keep going. Yep. I think they saw it as a. It, it's gonna happen either way. The other team was so far ahead they didn't even have to worry about it. I but, thought I heard it wrong. I was like, they just have to go like relight no, it. Like that's nope. exactly what I heard too. And I went, okay, so they they lose, but that's then they it. kept going. But then they actually won the other team. So okay, yeah. <laughs> Which also like editors, you could have just cut that part out. Then you didn't. We didn't need yeah. to hear that if the fire went out, they lose because it didn't. Like it's now just confusing. And it was definitely a different process back then, too, yeah. because you were actually like cutting tape together yeah, at that point in time. You don't have the digital editing that oh, they, they get to have. That's a list. good point. Thank you, Dan, for, now. for bringing that into my brain. At, because at least 15 years, but this is obviously before that. The 
this was split into four stages, and I probably can't even tell you the four stages because it all blurs together. Uh, I think the first is denial. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they, they cross a broken bridge. They use, like, boards to get over a broken bridge. Essentially, four different ways to do the same thing, to yeah. get over water, uh, using a pulley system to pull yourself over on a, a raft. One of them was it's just like honestly, you have to walk in the water and move the raft. Yeah. It's, it's a very Legends of the Hidden Temple challenge. It is. And I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> it was it was very the challenge was very pretty and it looked like it was intricate while being incredibly simple and linear. Yeah. Yeah. Which And then at the end you get to build a ladder. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Okakor just runs away with it. They get ahead, and then there's just no way for the other team to come back. <laughs> yeah. uh, eventually, they tip their raft, and their torch goes out. So, it, like I said, it should be over, but we just keep going. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, they won uh, with a time of this, and you forfeited. So Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, good job. Cooch is the one whose who's, uh, torch went out and also lost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, Ogakor runs it up and they, they light their thing uh, and it's it's great but the the big thing we, they they lit it up with fireworks or they set it up with fireworks or somehow that when this certain area gets lit it lights up in different colors which I, I thought think, was cool yeah I think it might have been different like colored like uh, different chemical wicks or something yeah. like that I was wondering if the ones, because we see Okakor wins and they're green, mm -hmm. and like the insides of the legs light up green. I was wondering if like it would have lit up like the other side of the legs blue if the other tribe had won. I Maybe. don't want to give them that much credit. I yeah, don't I don't know if that would work. <laughs> Maybe they would have shot it from the other side and used that shot that showed the blue. I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Um, but either way, I feel I feel like it's not a great idea because if you liked that challenge, you're now burning down your props. For the next time you want to use them? Yeah. But, uh, I guess they're I, not taking them out of Australia anyway, so who cares? I also don't... I don't know a lot about Australia. Um, and they. I guess it did rain the night before. But I'm just like... Knowing about wildfires now, I'm like... Hey, should we be lighting that whole thing on fire <laughs> in the middle of the bush? <laughs> I don't I, know if there was honestly enough shrubs around that. Yeah, you're probably right. Catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was by a riverbank, so they at yeah, least had right, water right. in the area. But not. A, I, not I know a bad they point. have a wet and a dry season, so I'm like, I, this has to be the wet season. Then. I like, mean, you saw you saw rain; it has to be the wet season. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Post challenge, they're at least talking. They, they talk about the votes. They immediately get back and they talk about voting and they talk yep. about who they want to get off. Uh, Deb's throwing Jeff or Varner under the bus. Yeah, she's like, Jeff wants to go home. <laughs> and then it gets back to Jeff, shockingly. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't say that. Why Why would I want that? Why I, would I come here? If I wanted to, I would just tell them I want to go home. Yeah. Deb, Deb really, like, I think they were all going to vote for her anyway, but she really screws herself over in this. Deb is a little, yeah. Deb is a tryhard. Yeah, I, I mean, literally, I wrote, like, played hard way too early. Yeah. Like, she, she did not realize this is a marathon, not a race. <laughs> when she's all like studying all the camping books she says it in her outro speech where mm -hmm. she's like i did every single thing right like she was worried about doing everything yeah. to perfection mm -hmm. rather than like 
I think playing. the cast is better off that she was gone early just because she seems a, like a really annoying person to have around. For I agree. 42 days. But you kind of hit it on the head that like she has this plan. She read her books. She knew how to start a fire, but doing it in practice and doing it in a game with people judging your every move are way different. Sorry, you can't read a book to tell you how to <laughs> talk to people. How to make yep. people like you. Yeah. Read this book and follow the exact instructions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they go on their brutal hike to Tribal. There are jagged rocks. They're walking uphill. They're like help each other like down like big like rock faces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's the 45 minutes like uh season 1 was, but it's it looks like a heck of a hike. It's not fun for sure. No. Hey, I mean they they clearly did it for the scenery because yeah. this tribal is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Like I mean Jeff that's the only thing he goes back to host mode for this one. He's like you can see here we've got this great view of a waterfall. Like that's the one thing he was like ready to say for the whole challenge that he couldn't say cuz he was waiting for the fucking tribal I guess to talk yeah. again. <laughs> He's like I'm going to say I'm going to say the waterfall thing. No, yeah, like like this whole it's stunning. Like this whole tribal setup. I'm just like I like I was like, "Oh, this is this is special." I yeah. feel so bad for the sound guy though. That must be a nightmare to try to mix out and also oh, a Jesus. helicopter going across. Yeah. I, they're showing aerial shots of them dipping the torches in. So it, good luck. Good luck. I anybody. have no idea how they got the sound for this season. And I'll, honestly, a lot of the seasons like early on, like they do a great job. Whoever the sound guys were, they got a lot when you shouldn't have been able to get anything. So mm-hmm. good on them. Props to you, sound guys. <laughs> that I, might they've be probably why... gotten promoted by now. If not, they deserve one. There are several times during season one where I'm like, why didn't we see X thing that they talked about? Mm-hmm. That's probably why. Yeah. Yes. It's sound issues. <laughs> sound issues and also no way of shooting it. And they were like, uh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, the bridges look rickety going across both the exit and uh, entrance and the over to the voting booth. Uh, all of them just look like they're going to collapse under the weight. They of have to have tested those, or possibly made them over, like to make sure they were safe. Like, there's no way. I'm sure the they were have to test. Yeah. <laughs> OSHA OSHA does not reach Australia. It's fine. <laughs> but also, the voting booth still looks too close to uh, everyone. Like they can, I feel like they definitely could hear you if you spoke up at least a little bit in your confessional. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean that is always like a weird thing. It's like, I mean, I get people. I guess people are whispering and they just boost the sound level. Sure. Like uh, sometimes you're like, they have to at least like be able to tell something's going on, or like you're saying, like especially like when they have weird stuff later on. Like you have to be able to tell like this person didn't like you know, boom, that's it, walk away. Did they consider for this season? Do you think uh, when somebody gets voted off, we can just like. (laughs) boot them off the cliff face 300 style <laughs> just kick them off i think that's another one of those violations that uh you don't <laughs> want to kill people on the show because then you don't get well, to make more seasons ah uh, yeah <laughs> that's true doesn't make for uh people wanting to sign up for a season three would also make it hard for the returnees or be one of the 15 dead <laughs> <laughs> what i think i just turned survivor into the squid game oh you did <laughs> you see the thing about that was it's a fictional show doesn't have to be. <laughs> I don't mean to spoil Squid Game for you. Uh, not a reality show. Shit. <laughs> not yet. Uh, 
That's true, yeah. but it won't be fun when they make it a reality show because they can't kill anyone. That's true. Which is the entire fun part of Squid Game is that you would die. <laughs> Theming wise, I'm sorry. I just keep jumping in to try to keep us on track, but no, we're please, always please. way off track. That's fine. It's just the how this episode or how this show works, and even with two people instead of three people, we get off track all the time. Theming wise, they did a really good job with this tribal council. Even the snuff is like a a big rock mm. in. I'm sure it's carved out to look the way it does, but it, it yeah. looks great. Uh, and Deb completely gets swept seven to one, uh, doesn't see it coming. <laughs> it was, somehow. It was, she was blindsided somehow, even yeah. though everyone knew it was coming. <laughs> and so they're still not stacking the votes. Um, no. Because Jeff goes as far as this, even though it is seven to one. I, I Jeff think, goes, again, that's an editing thing where they went like, is it worth it? No. Okay. We'll see if they, like, uh, if they do at any yeah. point in this season. But Jeff is just still saying is weird. Like, there's no need for us to read the rest of the votes. Yeah. Um. After he's done yeah. reading the votes that are in there. But yeah, seven to one. She even knew it was seven to one. Deb did. She's like, I bet you would open up the last few votes and then me too. <laughs> Which is a weird level of self awareness for somebody that doesn't understand where they went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deb makes a good point about. Uh, tribe strength in tribal though oh, about God. like getting rid of her is not the greatest move uh, strength wise but also it's very unaware of the like hey this is a game and these people have to like being around you and also like I don't really see I mean I guess Roger's weaker than her but she doesn't go, go after Roger nah. um, no and I'm not sure Kimmy has any strength uh, she's mostly just energy uh, but I don't know if it's any actual challenge strength or as a part of that. I don't know. I can see her being like having the energy, like the energy, like sure. She's not going to like lift something heavy, but just like being able to like that motor just keeps going for whatever you need. If it's, if it's any type of like race or anything like that. Um, but Roger's like the only person I can, I can look at and go, yes, you are definitely weaker than Deb. Like, it's just too close for, I think, strength to, to matter in this vote. No, but all you have to do is throw Kimmy under the bus and say, this person is obnoxious, this person is keeping us up at night, this person doesn't, like, is hard to be around. That's how you move the conversation onto someone else, but Deb doesn't think that way. Deb is... <laughs> Deb is a different kind of game bot where it's, I have the skills, I just need to use them. Yeah. Pragmatic to a fault, I would say, um, where she's like, oh, Jeff has vomited, therefore Jeff must go home. Jeff must leave. Or Varner. So you're saying like, she has caveman brain. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, she, I'm sure she's intelligent in her own way. Yeah. So yeah. very intelligent, just uh, yeah. not good at putting that into... Um, Social use. Yeah, I we've been talking forever, so I'm just gonna wrap this up. I, Deb post survivor <laughs> does. It, Deb felt blindsided and took this as it very personally. Oh. Um, we, we'll see it in the reunion. Uh, but that's probably why I thought she was on more survivor because she's in the reunion. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, there's like a a slight breakdown in the reunion, and what it doesn't show is everyone like hugs her and comforts her in yeah, between. Yeah, it was nothing personal. It was no one like hated her. Like, no. Hated her. She and was it, a very easy first vote off though. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, there's a lot of personal things in her life. I think this is a person who was not prepared for the 
media um, blitz that was going to happen. And being the first person off, I think, is is tough for anybody. You mean everyone's watching on Super Bowl Sunday? (laughs) If you're not prepared for it, it's it's going to be tough for you and i think it was yeah. it was tough for her so i mean i'm i'm going to leave her alone uh, like girl did her time girl doesn't want to be a part of this anymore so that's fair. fine fair okay yeah no no real where are they now and that's very respectful yeah um as far as how she do in today's survivor probably pretty equally much the well. same yeah <laughs> equally well <laughs> I don't even I don't really see her getting on the show in a modern survivor to be honest. No, she um, doesn't have the right uh I guess personality level you'd want just out of you want someone like that has some fun thing about them or who's going to be a great competitor on the show and she's kind of neither. Yeah, she'd probably be more suited for like a an actual survival show. Someone that's going to like One of those, like and uh, be ready like naked and afraid or Yeah, uh, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Uh, Although Survivor um, didn't know what it was back in the day, too. That was part of the problem. True. <laughs> like, Survivor didn't know as a show what they were. Yeah. No, for sure. My parents loved the show Alone. Uh, ah. Essentially, yeah, you just go off and you live in the wilderness until everyone else quits. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. I could wow. definitely see her playing that one. Yeah, you're protagonist of the episode. You know, you guys all said that uh, you guys were all a little down on her. Um, but I actually, I think it was Kimmy. Um, I mean, it was going to be somebody from, from Kucha, right? Because sure. that's who we yeah. see the most of. Deb was not. De- Deb did not drive the action this episode. Um, no. it, can it, we have the most interviews too? Like she had the I most think little, so. Like, side, uh, whatever they're called, asides. I don't know. Uh, confessionals. Yeah, we got confessionals. the most. Yes, that's it. We got the most of her. Um, and, you know, it's hard on the first episode. Uh, Steven and I actually talked about whether, like, you know, how uh, behind the camera, like, you know, if we wanted to keep this bit. I do. Um, season one was was kind of wishy-washy at times because there were not assertive people in that cast that weren't named Rich yeah. or kind of Sue. Um, <laughs> but this season has a lot of assertive people. I think the first episode is just hard because it's yep. it's literally just meet the cast. But Kimmy, I think, did the, like, kind of so like, you call- had the most screen time. You call them protagonists. Um, my friends and I, when we watch, we call it the winner's edit. Uh, who, like, who's getting the winner's edit this episode? It's just fair. like, ah. it's like, oh, we're learning so much about them, and they're a constant piece of what's going on. They have to have won, right? Like, yeah, normally, <laughs> it's almost never, almost never the case because most of them just like it's they're just doing all the things in the episode. Mm. So that's why you're seeing them. <laughs> I, I try to make the protagonist of the episode the person who drives the action that we see on camera the most in the episode, yeah. not necessarily a person who's getting the most favorable gotcha. edit. Sometimes it's the person who went home and it's for unfavorable reasons, but they <laughs> were the protagonist. Um, they were the storyline yeah. you're following. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, that'll do it. Let's wrap up the episode with a bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. This is our first time with three people. This is this is fun for me. I That's enjoy cool. this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, big it was big my shout first out to time Dan. With three people too. That's so. true. You got a good point there. <laughs> big shout out to Dan. Uh, Dan, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, I guess listen to the Unranked podcast. If I don't say that, I'll get yelled at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, if you uh, if you're into video games, Unranked Podcast. I've been listening for uh, for many years at this point, and that's that's how I got connected with Dan. It, great podcast, a lot of fun. Uh, go listen to them. Uh, Jared, anything you want to plug? Uh. Yeah, I want to plug uh, removing League of Legends from your computer. That's a good it's a, plan. It's a bad game for toxic people. <laughs> uh, I also I have a similar situation with uh, Call of Duty. Also, just, yeah, bad people with a, a bad community. Just Call have of, shared interests. Call of Duty is, true. is the jocks League of Legends. <laughs> Ugh. However, it's it's a lot of fun for me for uh, to go on to an absolutely raging group of people yelling and screaming at each other back and forth and tell them, this game sucks. You guys are awful people. And to watch everything turn on to you, it's great. It's a beautiful moment. <laughs> That'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for my co-host Jared and for our special guest, Dan, I don't know how you're going to wrap that one and try to spin it back on me. Bye-bye. And for my host, Steven, and my co-host, Dan, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Insanity.